Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Welcome, I'm George Swift from Bigger, Brighter, Boulder, and this is the Leveling Up Podcast. The Leveling Up Podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development, and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast and never miss an episode. And in this episode, we are talking about integrity. Integrity as the business owner, integrity as the business as a whole. And I tell you now, if you can't get this bit right in your business, you probably shouldn't be in business at all. Any business that can't get themselves to a position where they are handling themselves with integrity, handling their clients with integrity, let's be honest, we just don't need that kind of business in operation. Your industry sector does not need another business owner bringing that industry into disrepute. We as customers deserve better. Your customers deserve better. And I'm not calling you out specifically on this. I want to just share with you a few examples of what not to do when it comes to customer care, specifically around this topic of integrity. I believe, by the way, that you do have integrity But I believe also it's possible that you might be tripping up and occasionally making some of the mistakes that I'm going to be sharing with you right now. And whilst you might not like to think of it as you lacking integrity, I'm going to call it out a little bit and say, you know what, you're not handling yourself with integrity. So if I do inadvertently call you out because you can relate to some of the real life stories I'm going to be sharing with you on this episode, then take it as a nudge, take it as a kick up the arse, take it as a well-meaning prompt to get your act together so that you can deliver better service and you can have a more successful business. I do believe, by the way, that you are trying to do the best you can. I do believe you're trying to do positive things. I believe you're trying to grow your business for yourself, your family, for your livelihood. I do believe also that you are trying to deliver good products and good services out there. I do not question that because you're listening to this episode, you're listening to this podcast, you already want to grow your business. You want to level up as a business owner. You want to level up your business so that you can create a more successful business. But as a small business owner, I meet very few who are intentionally going out there deliberately to give poor service or deliberately trying to screw over their clients or their customer base. So I do not believe that's where you're coming from. And the chances are I'm preaching to the converted right now with the examples that I'm going to share with you. However, even if you are squeaky clean and impeccable, it's still worth hearing this out and just reminding yourself of maybe why you want to continually make sure that you're delivering at the highest standards when it comes to customer care. The first thing I want to talk to you about when we're talking about customer care is this. It's not about delivering A-star service if you're selling a C-star product. If your client is buying a BMW, you deliver BMW quality. You don't give them a Rolls Royce. If your customer is buying a Rolls Royce, you give them Rolls Royce quality service. Does this make sense? If they're buying a 10 grand car or a piece of shit scrap car just as a runaround, you have to deliver impeccable service that is equatable to what they are buying. Does this make sense? And this is where integrity comes down to. You don't try and polish up a BMW and sell it as a Rolls Royce. 
You don't try and polish up a piece of shit car that you've got in an alleyway and try and pretend that it's a great runner and they're going to get 10 years of life out of it. Your job is really simple. It's to manage the expectations of your clients and to make sure that your client gets exactly what they're paying for and exactly what they expect to get for their money. If your client is expecting more than you can give them for the amount of money they're giving you, your job is to manage that client. That's where integrity comes from. It's all very well. If I come in delusional, I don't understand the price for a Rolls Royce, and I come in and I'm buying a Rolls Royce and I'm expecting to pay 50 grand, you could make it all my responsibility and make it my fault and call me names when I leave the shop. Or you could understand really simply that your job is to manage my expectations. You know what, George? You're not going to find that quality for the price you're looking at. However, for that price, we can give you this. If I'm not happy with the BMW for 50 grand because I want a Rolls Royce, that's on me. But your job is just to manage my expectations. Equally, if I come into your showroom and I'm buying a BMW for 50 grand, and my expectations are Rolls-Royce quality, you know I'm going to be disappointed. You know you're going to let me down with that car. So your job is to manage my expectations. Again, I might not like what I'm hearing, but it's acting with integrity when you educate me on what you can sell me and what you can't sell me and what you can do for me and give for me, given the price that we are looking at. So this isn't about the customer always being right. This is about making sure that you handle every interaction in the right way. So I want to share with you a few true life examples of when other business owners have absolutely dropped the ball with me. And it's everything I can do to stop myself from launching over and wringing their neck. One, as a customer, but two, as someone in my position that's constantly leaning on business owners like yourself to constantly improve the quality of your service, to constantly improve the delivery of what you're doing. For me, it's an absolute insult when a company or when a service provider behaves in some of the ways that I'm going to share with you right now. Now, shit happens. I get it. Occasionally, we all drop the ball. That's not the problem. We learn from it. We live from it. We go again. When we habitually fall into some of the characteristics that I'm describing today, we really do need to take ourselves in hand. It might not be your fault per se, as in you're trying to sell me Rolls Royce quality and you can't deliver it because I am paying you BMW prices and therefore you inevitably let me down, even though your great intentions are to try and give me what I wanted. I get it. You know, you're well-meaning business owner, and entrepreneur. However, you have dropped the ball because fundamentally you have sold something that you can't truly deliver on, even though it came from the best of intentions. So I'm not saying for a minute that everybody that falls into these traps are deliberately being deceitful or deliberately lacking integrity, but they still aren't handling themselves with integrity and they're not handling that client or that prospect with integrity. So the example one that I want to share with you is what I call Mr. No Show. True story, really recent this one for me, a tradesperson who has a skill set that I don't have. It's quite a rare skill set, so I can't just go out and you know get 50 different people to do this job. I found this guy, he's a really lovely guy, really nice guy, he came over, he specced out the project for me, only a little project, nothing major, and uh, I liked him, I warmed to him, a really sweet bloke, and I said, right, how much? He told me how much it's going to be, and I went, right, okay, let's go. He then told me a day he was going to show up and start the work. He didn't show up. I chased him up. I phoned him up, left him a message. A day later, he texted me back saying, really sorry, George, I got held up. 
This is not my fucking problem, you understand? I got held up. I'm like, okay, fine, no problem. He said, I'm going to try and pop in on the way back. Fair enough. He doesn't pop in on the way back. I chase him up the next day. He ignores me. I chase him up the day after. I get a text message back from him. Really sorry, George. Really up against it. Really high pressure. I finished this project. I'm now on this other project. I'm going to have to leave it until X, Y, Z. He's already made it all my fucking problem. Like, all my problem. He told me when he was going to show up, he's the owner of his diary. I can be compassionate that he's behind his other projects or compassionate that he's really busy. But fundamentally, it is not my fucking problem. So this goes on, this backwards and forwards. He tells me he's going to show up on a certain day. He doesn't show up. He doesn't tell me he's not going to show up but away. I have to chase him, leave messages, and eventually gets back to me, giving me another reason why he can't show up. He turns around to me and says, right, George, you know what? I can come in next Wednesday. I'm saying, right, next Wednesday works well for me. He said, if I can't do Wednesday, I'll definitely come Thursday. I said, Thursday, I'm not here, I'm going away. He said, okay, I'll definitely come Wednesday. I said, brilliant. He said, you know what? Honestly, I might even be able to get there Monday or Tuesday. I said, brilliant. I'm here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You can come anytime you want. That'd be fantastic. Monday comes, nothing. Tuesday comes, nothing. But that's okay, because Wednesday was definite, right? Come Wednesday, he doesn't show up. By midday, I start sending messages. I say, I assume you're on your way. I'm ready for you. I'm waiting for you, blah, blah, blah. Nothing, nothing, nothing. We go away on Thursday. We chase him up on the Thursday. Eventually, we get a text back from him on the Thursday later in the afternoon. Once again, apologizing, etc., etc. We then do a bit of backwards and forwards for another two days, three days. We get another day. Guess what? Doesn't show up. This time, at least, he gives me a heads up and tells me he can't make it. In the morning, But nonetheless, he tells me. He then tells me the next time, look, John, really sorry, this is what's going on. I'm going to try and make it on this day. And I thought, well, at least he's saying try and he's being honest. I don't like the word try because let's be honest, it's unlikely to happen, especially given our track record. But at least he's now being more honest with me by saying I'm going to try and do this as opposed to this is when I'm going to turn up. I'm not expecting great things. He doesn't show up. I get a text message saying, really sorry, George. This was like two days later, by the way. Sends a message saying the apprentice that I was working alongside, unfortunately, has got to go and get tested for COVID. I've been told I've got to isolate until the test result comes back. Really sorry, but you understand, George, this is how things are at the moment. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, he had a whole load of genuine excuses, but fuck me. You know, I've only been dealing with this guy for about three to four weeks. There's a pattern here. And whilst it might be unfortunate that the apprentice you're working with has to go and get a test because they're flagged up on track and trace and you have to isolate until the test result. I get all that. It's an unfortunate, unforeseen set of circumstances, very specific to the world we live in right now. But hang on a minute. This was like the sixth thing in a row. Fundamentally, none of it is my fucking problem. You set my expectation. You told me when you'd be here. You manage your diary. I just want the work done. So anyway, we're working this out in the background. As I say, it's not as simple as just not using him and going somewhere else. And, you know, so I'm sticking with him for the time being. We've got some new dates coming up and we'll wait and see what happens off the back of these COVID tests. This is how current this story is. And I'll maybe I'll update you in uh, a few episodes time and let you know how we get on. OK, but I'm calling that Mr. No Show. Do not be Mr. No Show. When you say you're going to be somewhere, bloody well be there. When you say you're going to get the job done, get the job done. You know, it's like it's not your client's responsibility that you have unforeseen family circumstances. I get it. Shit happens. And we all drop the ball occasionally. But be honest, right? If you're systematically doing this, it's because you're disorganized. It's because you're not thinking 
clearly about what you can do, what you can't do. When you do say you're going to do something, it doesn't really mean much to you, right? You're not truly committed to that. You know, you say you're going to do something, but it's kind of try to do it. So let's be honest, right? If you are doing this, right, you're Mr. No Show, Mrs. No Show, Ms. No Show, then let's be honest, right? Come on. Your customers deserve better than this. I find this, by the way, a lot with tradespeople across the board. I don't know when tradespeople suddenly became seemingly so arrogant that they could just fuck around with their client base all day long and, you know, say they're going to be there at nine and show up at 12 and say they're going to be there for a day and then bugger off at 12 and not turn up for a day and then change dates on when they are going to turn up. Obviously, it happens across the board. I do seem to see this habitually in tradespeople for some reason. So fundamentally, I get it. Shit happens. If you're doing this habitually, sort your shit out. If it happens occasionally, then you just need to manage the client well. You know, this guy, I get it, shit happens. If he'd let me down once or even twice, the thing to do would be really simple. It's to prioritize me over everything else. Get me sorted, get me happy, make me happy, and then move on. When he moved from one project to the next project, I get he was squeezing my little project in between. I get that totally. But it's not my responsibility when you tell me you're going to be here, right? So he's trying to squeeze me in. He overran one project, then he goes to the next project. I think like, well, okay, you've already let the other project down. So you're two days late to that one. Why not make it three days late to that one? Manage that one really well. And then give me a day that you need to give me to sort mine out. Or just not take the work in the first bloody place. If you know you're that busy. I get it. I know why we do it. But fundamentally, let's manage our time, manage our expectations better, manage our communication better with the client. If he told me a day before he couldn't make it and immediately gave me another day he would make it and then made it on that other day, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now on this podcast. Manage the client well, manage their expectations well, treat them with some respect. If you're waiting for your client to chase you up, you've waited too long. If you get a text from your client, where are you? You should have already told them where you were. If you're getting a phone call, I rate, the chances are you should have already called them. My next true case study is what I call Mr. Make It My Problem. This is the guy, true story, came in, quoted for some work. We agreed on a price. We agreed on a timescale. We agreed on everything. He does the work. Then when he comes to charge me, it's like 50% more than what we agreed. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is unacceptable. You said this amount of money. He said, no, it's definitely this amount of money. So we went back and found his quote and we got his quote and we gave him the quote. He said, ah, that's not your quote. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, that's not your quote. This is your quote. I'm like, what the hell? He said, I'm really sorry. I've got the quotes mixed up. I'm like, right. He said, your quote should have been this price. I'm like, okay. And he's going, so it's this price. I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah. He said, because this happened, this happened, this happened, that happened. And we've done this, and we've done that. And we've put this in, we've used, and we've used this material, and we did this, and all this. And if I don't charge you this amount of money, then I'm out of pocket. I'm like, that is not my fucking problem. If you got your quotations mixed up, whose responsibility is that? Whose responsibility is it to make sure that your client is getting the right price for the work that they're doing? And when they pay that price or they're expecting to pay that price, you can't turn around and make it their problem that you fucked up. 
So we stood our ground. He was sitting there giving us a sob story. I appreciate it. I know it's, I know it would have pissed him off and I get it. It's unfortunate, you know, and he would have absolutely been out of pocket potentially. Certainly would have lost all of his profit in that deal. I get all of those things. My mind, I'm thinking like I am to you. I'm here trying to coach you, mentor you. I'm trying to improve your business, improve your quality of life so that you can have more of what you want in life and do more of what it is that you do to a high standard for your customer base. And I'm sitting there with that head on and I'm thinking... If this stings a little bit, maybe you're going to learn from it. If this hurts a little bit, maybe you're going to learn from it. This guy then goes out but away and then criticizes us to other people that we're unreasonable customers. We then try and make it right. Two years later, we call the guy in for a big piece of work to try and make it right, to give him an opportunity to redeem himself. Quote, I don't want to deal with people like you. And I'm incredulous at this point. It's like, you join my group and you join my Extreme Growth Mastermind group, but I charge you for a different product that's half the price. And then after I've delivered that product to you and you've had all the services, I then try and charge you 50% more or just charge you the price that it should have been for the product that you've had. There is no integrity in that at all. Yes, I'm out of pocket. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it stings. It's my fault. It's my problem. It's my pill to take. Does this make sense? You leave the client. You say to them, I'm really, really sorry. You can give them the sob story if you want. It's not their problem. They might not care, but you can give them the sob story. And then you say, you know what? We'll honor it because we said we were going to honor it. You would get every piece of work afterwards. Some really smart person once said to me many, many years ago, don't ever judge a company when they get it right. Judge a company by when they get it wrong. I was compassionate to his mistake. I was compassionate to the fact that he might be out of pocket. I was compassionate to everything other than it wasn't my problem. It wasn't my fault. If he'd made it right in that moment, I would have felt like I'd been given amazing service. I'd have been really respectful of the fact that he made a mistake, respectful that I got a good deal, respectful that he might have been out of pocket. I would have wanted to try and make it up. I'd want to try and, and make it right for him, giving him some extra work, passed him around, referred him on to other people, etc. As it was, we fell out. And seemingly more than I ever thought we had. Don't be that guy. If you misquote, it's you. Your client is not the expert in what you do. This guy's the expert in what he does. I don't know how much things cost. I don't know how long things take. I don't know what his overheads are. I don't know what his margins need to be. I don't know if a grand's a good deal or 10 grand's expensive. I don't know. I'm not expected to know. I'm the client. Your job is to educate me, is to inform me, is to manage my expectations. You give me a price, you deliver on that price. If you make a mistake, you suck it up. It's like a rack across the knuckles. It's like the slipper across your ass. It stings a little bit. You learn from it. You don't make the mistake again. If you keep making the same mistake, you need to seriously have a look at yourself. But making it your client's problem is unbelievable. Now, you can plead with your client. You can try and negotiate with your client. You can do all these things, right? But fundamentally, you can't make it their problem. And you certainly shouldn't be going out slagging that client off because of a mistake that you made. Somehow, they're the unreasonable one. Insanity. The third example is Ms. Change the Deal. Again, another true story. This particular lady, a wonderful lady, a great lady, talented lady. I got her in. I'm not the expert. I have no idea how long things are going to take. I give her the remit. I show as much information as I've got about what I need to happen, what I want to happen. She's the expert. She works out how long it's going to take her. She comes up with a price. She then 
gives me that price, I accept that price, and we go ahead and do the deal. Halfway through the project, but three quarters of the way through the time of the project, she tells me that it's taking her way longer than she thought, and therefore she can only deliver to X point for the money that I've given her, or it's going to cost me more if I want to get the project completed. Now, we'd only budgeted a certain amount of money to get this thing done. We didn't have extra funds. We couldn't just go in there. What she wanted was double the money, by the way. So we didn't have access to go and just pull out a load of money out of our ass and say, okay, here you go. We're really sorry that you got all that wrong and blah, blah, blah. So once again, right, we end up in a situation where we get half of what we paid for for the amount that we paid. It's insane. If you're the expert, you're the person your client's coming to, your responsibility is to get it right. And if there's things you don't know, and if there's expected unforeseen circumstances, or there's even things that you can't expect, but they might come up, even if you're not sure exactly on how long something's going to take or how much money it's going to cost, as long as you communicate that up front and manage those expectations with your client, you're handing yourself with integrity. If she turned around to me and said, you know what, it's a big project, George. I think we can do it for X, Y, Z. I think this, I think that. However, I'll be honest with you, I won't know until we get stuck in. So let's work on the assumption that it might cost this kind of money. It may cost you more, but I will have a better idea once we get to this part of the project. So once I get this far in, then we'll have another discussion and we'll know exactly what we're dealing with. At that point, we can make a real decision on how far we go forward and et cetera, et cetera. Or you sit there and say, you know what? I don't know at all how much this is going to cost or how long it's going to be until we get to this point here. So I can't put anything out there at all until we get to this point there. Or you say, if it all goes swimmingly, it's this bottom end price. Or if it all goes to shit, it's going to be this top end price. The problem you've got, by the way, is I had a client who really tried well to do this. And she was really trying to manage expectations. And she kept saying, you know what, if it all goes well, you know, it costs you a thousand pounds, but it may go up to a 1500 quid. And I said, the problem you've got there is the person's already thinking a thousand pounds, even though you've told them a thousand to 1500 quid, they're already thinking a thousand pounds. So even though you've pre-warned them, the fact that it still comes in at 1500 quid kind of upsets them. And the problem with this situation was that she was consistently coming in at the top end of that quote. So she was always hoping to do things quicker and always hoping to do things cheaper for a client. So she was, instead of managing their expectations, she was always being really optimistic with them. So she in her head was thinking, right, I want to try and deliver this for a thousand quid. But if, I, if, if it's as hard as I think it might be and it's really this, that and the other and things crop up, it might be as much as 1,500 quid. The problem we had, it was consistently 1,400 to 1,500 quid. It wasn't these prices, just an example I'm using with you now. So, of course, you know, if you're consistently saying 1,000 to 1,500 quid, I might even be thinking somewhere around 1,200 quid in my head. The moment then it comes in at 1,450 or 1,500 quid, it's like, oh, I've been duped, haven't I? You know, you told me it's going to be a grand to 1,500 and it's 1,500. And it kept coming in like that, not because she was dishonest or lacked integrity. It was a case that she was just being over-optimistic all the time and really trying to do the best possible price by her client. So I told her, you know what, you've got to start... You know, if you're making a pattern of this, we know it's always the top end of what you're thinking consistently. So you need to start resetting the expectations of the boundaries of what you're talking about. Does this make sense? Much better to say to someone, we're probably looking at 1,500 quid, coming in under target and saying, you know what, it's going to cost you 1,300 because it's quicker than I thought. Much better to do that. Or you sit there and say, in this situation, instead of 1,000 to 1,500, you sit there and you say, you know what, realistically, I think it's going to be about 1,500 quid. It may be a bit more than that. We may be a little bit less than that. 
Does this make sense? And then you're there or thereabouts. And if she can deliver it at 1,300 quid, the client's super happy. If she goes up to 15, 50, 16, the client's not too pissed off because you're giving them that kind of boundary. Our job is really simple. We're the experts. We need to know how much costs. And if we don't know how much costs, we need to just explain the situation and keep them informed and keep them in the loop. Fundamentally, we must always make sure that our clients' expectations are matched to what we can actually deliver. So just to paraphrase some basic rules for integrity, and let's be honest, most of us don't really need reminding of these, But number one, it's doing what you say you're going to do. It's showing up when you say you're going to show up. It's sticking to the agreement. When you can't stick to the agreement, then you shouldn't have made the agreement up front. You should have had the conversation up front to let them know that you couldn't confirm 100% exactly what that agreement was going to look like. It's delivering on time. If you say it's going to take two weeks, it should take two weeks. If you think it should take two weeks, but might take three weeks, you manage the expectations with your clients. If you say two weeks, something else comes up, it's not your client's problem. Your responsibility is to communicate that with your client and make it right. We can't always deliver what we said we were going to deliver. We can't always hit the timescale that we say we're going to hit. We can't always do it for the price that we said we were going to do it. Occasionally, things happen, unforeseen circumstances. But fundamentally, it's on us. It's not our client's problem. Our job is to make sure that we communicate that at the beginning. And if we get it wrong, our job is to suck it up, take it on the chin, learn from it. We can then go and plead to the client if we want. We can ask to meet in the middle. We can do what we want, but it's never your client's problem. It's always your problem. It's always your responsibility. And fundamentally, understand this. If you do right by your client, even when you got it wrong, the chances are that you've still got a client for maybe the rest of your life. You may have a client that goes on to refer you to other people. They say, I'm looking for someone to do this job. And I turn around and say, do you know what? His work was impeccable. He did make a little bit of a mistake. He got his invoicing crossed over. So we did not pay a lot less than we were meant to. But you know what's really nice about it? He understood it. He took it as his problem. We still paid the lower price. You know, for me, that shows real integrity. I think you can't go wrong with this guy. That, by the way, is not what I'd be saying if you came to me for his services today. So I want you to not be Mr. No-Show. Don't be Mr. Make-It-Your-Problem and don't be Ms. Change-The-Deal. Do what you say you're going to do. Deliver what you said you're going to deliver. Make sure your client is on board with the expectations that you've set out and that you are completely aware of the expectations that they have. Manage those expectations. Make sure that you're communicating every single step of the way. Keep them in the loop. Occasionally, you'll get it wrong. When you get it wrong, make sure that you make it right. It's not their problem. It's your problem. Take it on the chin. Learn from it. Don't make the mistake again. If you keep making the same mistake, you need to seriously have a look at yourself, your processes, what you're doing. And any business that consistently cannot get this right and consistently fall foul of this, they're even going to get a business because they're getting it wrong all the time. And fundamentally, they probably shouldn't be in business in the first place. So I'm assuming this isn't you. I'm assuming occasionally you may trip up and make a few mistakes that maybe make you fall into one of these categories. What I really want to share with you today is, number one, make sure that we're not making mistakes on a regular basis because it's really not good for your client. It's not good for your reputation. It's really not good for your business because, of course, if you are taking responsibility for this, you're the ones going to be paying the price for these mistakes. So it's not good for you either. And I want you to up your game. This is not about giving Rolls-Royce service at BMW prices. This is about making sure you deliver 
the service and the customer care and the quality of product that you sell to a client and what their expectations are when they buy that product. Awesome, guys. Thank you for listening. I always appreciate you taking the time out to listen to this stuff. I am well aware, by the way, that there are many things right now vying for your time and your attention. And therefore, do not take it lightly that you've chosen to spend these 13 minutes with me right now. My commitment to you in return is to deliver you the best possible content I can to keep you in the game, to make sure that you continually level up yourself as a business owner so you can level up your business so that fundamentally you can create a more successful business for you, everyone that's connected to you, your lifestyle, your kids, your family, but also so you can go out there and continually deliver better products and better services to the marketplace and that what you do improves the world in some way. If you are a small ambitious business owner and you want to be part of an environment that can truly support you and encourage you and hold you accountable and help you be creative and inspire you to go on to greater things, then why not check us out? You can find us at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. I'll drop that link in descriptions as well. If you want to have a conversation with us and talk to us about how we might be able to fast track your business growth, then why not talk to Tracy Miller, my partner in life and in business. You'll find her email in the descriptions as well. Tracy.miller at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. Even more so, I'd love to see you in one of my rooms, virtual or otherwise, in the not-so-distant future. If you're looking for a team of people, a team of ambitious business owners and entrepreneurs to help keep you on track, to help keep your mind in the game, to keep you motivated, to support you, hold you accountable, to challenge you in all the right ways, so that you go off and create the business that you always dreamed of, then why not check us out? We'd love to hear from you. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. 